Running Light Ministry Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Running Light uh, Podcast with Peter and myself, Bo Willette. And uh, we're putting this on our Facebook Live page too, um, so you guys could check it out as well. And uh, anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about the Ravi Zacharias um, situation that uh, a lot of people have been talking about. And we thought, hey, man, we'll talk about it too, since yeah. we did a podcast a couple weeks ago, but it, 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 the audio didn't come out too good. It came out really shoddy. Yeah. So uh, we thought we'd do it in our, actually, my, my home podcast studio, which is a lot better, and we know the audio is going to be good. But um, we'll talk a little bit about Ravi. If you don't know Ravi, he was one of the uh, premier apologists in Christianity, evangelical Christianity. And what that means is that he's a guy who has studied uh, apologetics, Christian apologetics, which is like defending of the faith. So he really knew his cosmological arguments and his moral arguments and all those things. He was more of a philosopher. Philosopher? Yeah, he was heavy into philosophy and he uh, did a lot of outreach, especially because he comes from an Indian background. He did a lot of outreach to like uh, people in that part of the world. But yeah. he was well known even in the atheist community as being a, a high intellectual. So he was um, a teacher. I think it was Oxford. Um, and he was, like I said, very respected in the philo- uh, philosophical community mm-hmm. and as well as the intellectual community for sure. Yeah. So people anyway, he got caught uh, or he didn't get ca- caught. He passed away. And then upon his passing away, people came out and shared ladies came out right and shared kind of their story of sexual yeah. promiscuity that went on yeah there was um, actually so i i suppose like to rewind it a little bit there were some women who came out while he was alive okay but when he was alive he was able to basically say these women are extorting the ministry for money they're against me and ravi being such like a, a well-known figure yeah. Uh, and being so uh, known, well known and well respected, it was easier for us to believe his word than these women. So pretty mm-hmm. much everyone took his side and were like, these women are obviously out to lunch. They're they're just trying to get money from this guy from his ministry. And so no one really thought too much of it. Mm. And then after he died, more people started coming out and it challenged Ravi Zacharias's ministry to launch a full-scale investigation Mm. into these claims. And so they actually hired an outside firm, and you could read their findings if you want. They are available on Ravi Zacharias' site. And you can go through the the testimonies, the way that they found this information. But even now, there's a lot of Christians who are unwilling to believe that this stuff happened. And, And my encouragement to you is if you don't believe it happened, read through the findings on your own, and, and you'll see that there's, it's not like they just talked to a couple people. They talked to multiple witnesses who all corroborated the same story. They looked at his cell phone, which has images on it. It has text messages on it, things like that. Yeah. They went through computers, emails. Yeah, so I'm sure I'm sure when they do these investigations, yeah. they're pretty thorough. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very thorough, and it, it, it would take you a while to get through all the info. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, and the reason why it's good for us to talk about it is, you know, Running Light Ministries is, is based off of Hebrews chapter 12 of throwing off the weight and sin that so easily ensnares us. And we, we have uh, been pretty open in our lives about our struggles with uh, a adult material and 
and even being ministers and how that's been a, a battle for us and we continue to be in that in that um you know uh battle if you will and and we talk a lot we podcasted so many times we over a hundred podcasts yeah. uh, on sexual issues and, and bible passages and and uh, we'll probably talk maybe about some today too um so you know this is kind of right up our our our, our place yeah. you know this is kind of uh i wasn't shocked by yeah. ravi's thing and the reason why i'm not is because we've been dealing with this ourselves forever you know i've never i've never text anybody or you can check my phone <laughs> i've never <laughs> i've never um as far as any kind of thing like that or i've right. never got on a chat site and things like that but as far as like you know those those naughty quote naughty um places on the internet you know those are things that you know we grow up around and uh and they have become familiar to a lot of us and and we have definitely have had to work through those things and we still do right um so um you know there's so many ways and angles to go about this i've heard people talk about ravi being a false teacher right and that's been a, an idea, I think, of Second Peter chapter two, yeah. um, which talks about people that use people and uh, go into manipulate people, go into people's homes. Yeah. Um, I don't know the exact wording. I was going to try to find it, but they uh, you are may be thinking about Second Timothy, uh, where he talks about them making merchandise of women. Climbing yeah. into their windows and and making merchandise of gullible women. Yeah, that's yeah. Second Peter two two. This is I think where I was at. Okay, f- eyes full of adultery. Yeah, and uh, that they cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. Yeah, they have a heart trained for covetous practices and accursed children. They are forsaken the right way and gone astray. They've gone away uh, of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness but he was rebuked for his iniquity i'm not sure if ravi was ever rebuked for his iniquity though while he was here you know um a dumb donkey uh, anyway goes on about these people um you know that despise authority presumptuous self-will they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries of angels um you know these kind of things so some people have moved in that direction what would you say to that well there's a big difference between what you would call someone's public life and their private life Mm -hmm. uh, when we're gonna call someone a false teacher so what Peter's talking about is he's not talking about people who are outwardly presenting like a really holy image but in their private personal life they're doing things that are contrary to what they're saying Mm -hmm. in other words he's not talking about hypocrites He's talking about teachers who are pretty upfront with what they're doing, right? They're, they're going out and they're making it certain, they're making it clear what they're about, uh, that they were being very blatant about it and even proud about it. Like this is, this is what holiness looks like. This is what Christianity looks like and using their influence and power to take money from people. So he would be more referencing, um, not, a, not a direct correlation, but it would be more a reference to, let's say, prosperity teachers today where they're not shy, right? You know, like if you listen to Kenneth Copeland, you're not going to be like, I wonder what he's talking about. Like he's, he's pretty clear that he sees the gospel as a means to um, finance himself and to become wealthy. And he sees that as a good thing. Uh, when you're talking about a guy like Ravi, his public image, everything that he presented about the gospel, about the word, it was all true. Everything he was saying was good. He just had this secret life that was totally false. 
So I, uh, using the example of Balaam, I think, is a really good one, where if you read the story of Balaam— when In Numbers was, 22. In Numbers 22, when he's asked to prophesy, everything he says is right, right? He doesn't say anything wrong. He's basically paid by this uh, evil king named Balak to curse the people of Israel. And every time he opens his mouth, he blesses them. He's like, you guys are awesome. God's with you. And then eventually he gives one of the greatest messianic prophecies that we have about Christ. Uh, in again, Numbers 22 in that story. It's a really interesting story. But the problem is, is that his heart, the secret part of his life, was given over to greed. And when then we read, if you keep reading the story, uh, basically the king sends women into the camp of Israel to get them to essentially given to idolatry and as they give into idolatry then god curses them and then you find out i think it's in chapter 24 that balaam was the guy who came up with this plan mm. so balaam was the guy who instructed the king to do this uh now why this would reference ravi would be because you have a guy who outwardly was presenting all correct things but in the secret part of his life when he was alone with these women he's presenting something totally different right mm -hmm. so he's telling them that hey you know uh david had concubines so you could be like a concubine of mine uh he talked to, to them about hey if you tell anyone it's going to ruin my ministry you're going to be responsible for uh the loss of salvation for many people right these are the things that he was saying in private uh and that was really really wrong really really wrong but outwardly he was not doing that and uh, even Balaam, I think, is is more severe than Ravi because he did outwardly take money to do this, whereas uh, Ravi, from what we can see from his public ministry, he never did anything like that public. Uh, I would even more strongly equate Ravi to a guy like Solomon, mm. who in his writings, <laughs> right, if you read Proverbs, Song of Solomon, he's a guy who's presenting truth in a really cool way you know like if you want to know about monogamy and the beauties of it and the intricacies of god's working through romance and sexuality read what he wrote don't read what he do <laughs> though that's not a great place to go yeah. because what he did in his public in his private life was totally contrary to everything he taught yeah and that's something we've blogged on and we've podcasted on so much is that you can't read the bible and and forget about these people's lives and i think many of us do uh even preachers and apologists today uh in our in our time and age they tend to forget that ravi is very much like people in the bible right and and that might bother some people um, because if you if you claim Ravi is a false teacher, yeah. then Solomon's a false teacher, right. and then who else is a false teacher? David. You know, is David a false teacher? Yeah. And you know, is guys was Moses a false teacher right. because of Moses's world? I mean, the dude murdered. The dude. It's controversial. Did he have? Was he in a polygamous marriage? I've heard kind it's of possible. Yeah. Possible. Um, you know. Uh, regardless he married a pagan woman that's right uh, yeah so you know there's you know what you know you can you can go in those directions but you really got to look at the writers of the bible too and go hmm wow yeah 
you know, and that's why the Bible's always stressing that the Word of God is actually put together by the Holy Spirit. Right. It talks about through holy men, which simply means that men that have been Set separated, apart. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for his use. But uh, obviously, you know, uh, other passages come to mind also, and that is the big one is maybe First uh, Corinthians chapter 9. Right. You know, this idea that Paul says, hey, to the Jew, I've become a Jew, to the Gentile, I become a Gentile, that I may win some. You know, therefore, I fight thus, not as one who beats the air, but I, I fight, you know, kind of making an impact, you know, uh, wanting to make contact. And so that when I myself uh, preach to others, I might not be disqualified. Right. And he uses this term disqualified. Yeah. And uh, we see that obviously in the book of Second Corinthians as well. He uses this idea of uh, not wanting to be, he doesn't use disqualified, but he uses a different word that kind of means something similar, yeah. discredited. Yeah. Um, you know, my ministry, I don't want it to be discredited. Yeah. And he talks about that in contrast to the Corinthian false teachers and what they were teaching. Yeah. Um, and uh, so... You know, is Ravi, is he, okay, maybe he's not a false teacher in that sense yeah. of Second Corinthians chapter, or 1 Second Peter he's chapter. He's not two. preaching anything false, right? Yeah. Which is what Peter and Paul are warning about. They're warning about people preaching false teachings. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, in an essence, uh, it, it doesn't make what he did better, <laughs> <laughs> right? So don't think that we're, we're sitting here saying like, oh, because he like only did this stuff in private, it's better than if you did it in public, but it is saying that we shouldn't treat that. Like when people are saying we should treat him like a false teacher, what they mean is a, he's not saved, which we don't know. Right. Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible, but it's possible for any of us to not be saved. We don't know what our, you don't know what my heart's at. I could be lying mm. and you don't know where Robbie's heart was at. Uh, but B, they think it means that we have to discredit all of his teachings. And as Bo said, that would be kind of ridiculous because if you took that standard, you'd have to discredit the teachings of pretty much uh, a vast majority of the biblical authors. You know? Yeah. So you wouldn't see him as being disqualified. No. Um, what I would say is that <laughs> when it comes to this idea of being disqualified, I think that there's a possibility that he was. Uh, and, and here's why. I, I When Paul's talking about being disqualified, I tend to think of it in the context of what he's referencing, the Olympics. So when someone runs in the Olympics and they cheat, they do something that's wrong, what happens is that they lose their reward. They lose their reward. Uh, it doesn't mean that they didn't run. It just means that whatever prize was coming to them isn't going to come to them. Yeah. So it pairs very nicely with, let's say, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where it talks about people laying a foundation of either wood, hay, and stubble, or gold, silver, and precious metals. So in other words, what he says is that these people will be tested in the day, yeah. and in the day the truth will be found out. So he's like saved, but he's he, he loses his reward, whatever reward right. that there could be. Right. Um, you know, which... Uh, it's possible, but it yeah. may not be the case. Because mm -hmm. again, maybe his heart and what he was doing in evangelism was right, but again, there was this area of his life where he was very corrupt. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what, you know, the big picture here yeah. is that, you know, the big picture is, you know, how we treat people. Right. 
And, you know, and really in Christianity, we have to look at how Christianity has, when it, when it has become a powerful force in the world. Um, and what I mean by powerful force, I don't mean, um, you know, tribal people walking through the Middle East, you know, um, you know, with swords or anything or, or that things like that. But, but I do mean like when it's become something of a powerhouse government wise, um, you know, when we look at the history of Christianity, we do see a lot of blemishes yeah. in especially how women have been treated. Yeah. And, you know, the misogyny that takes place, the narcissistic attitudes toward uh, that men have. Yeah. And um, and this is why it always is a battle, even I think with a lot of men in Christianity with issues of pornography is is they don't want to objectify. They're trying not to objectify. Um, and and, you know, that hurts the heart that can bum the heart out because you're wanting not to just objectify someone um, for self pleasure alone. Right. And, um, and the, yet we see many people in the Bible and the Bible itself um, always discussing these matters. Um, you know, uh, women have been concubines forever. Uh, it seems like a very common thing in the old Testament. Um, and you do see a connection between that and power where it's like, uh, you know, take a guy like Abraham when he was younger and he didn't have a lot of power or influence. He was just married to one woman, Sarah. And then as he moved to the promised land and he became much more wealthy and affluent, that's when he committed adultery with Hagar, as well as brought on concubines. Uh, same with Jacob. Uh, you have a guy who, well, he was tricked into marrying Leah and uh, Rachel, but then, you know, he kind of goes into it. And then after that, he takes on more concubines as a result. And then David's another example where when he's a young man and before he has power, he's married to Saul's daughter, Michelle, and he's actually faithful to her when he's on the run from Saul. He, he doesn't cheat on her or anything like that. But then when he becomes king, all of a sudden he starts marrying all these other women and putting on all these concubines. And again, Solomon's a similar uh, similar story. It seems that like when men acquire or accrue a lot of power, there's I'm not saying it necessitates abuse. Right. But it's definitely it brings on a temptation for abuse. And even when you look at false teachers, guys like Joseph Smith, Muhammad, Muhammad was married to one woman for like 40 years <laughs> before he was a prominent uh, prophet. And then he starts marrying all these other women and taking on sex slaves and just Smith the same way. He was just like a, a normal dude living out in New York and then he becomes powerful and all of a sudden he starts gaining all these women. So there's definitely like a connection there. What, what do you think that is? Like why, why would power make someone want to do that? Yeah, well, that's, I think, what we want to talk about in our part two of this. Okay. You yeah. know, is a little bit about, you know, what is it about <laughs> <laughs> us as guys that, uh, you know, we gain power? And, and and I'll just say this to end it, uh, the podcast, or kind of move towards the ending, yeah. is that it, it might not just be men. Yeah. Meaning this might not be just a, a male thing. Right. This might be a human thing. You even see like uh, Potiphar's wife 
for instance. Correct. A powerful, wealthy woman yeah. feeling like she could take advantage of Joseph. Yeah, and there's 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 many in Roman history that we've read about in uh, uh, different women that have reached a pinnacle. Right. And and through that, there's been something that has happened in the human heart. Right that uh, uh, has been prone to crookedness in bending. Um, And uh, so I think we want to talk about that because, you know, the Bible is certainly filled with these kind of people. And uh, and so, you know, what Ravi, you know, what happened in Ravi's life, um, you know, is very similar to what happens in a lot of people's life. And in a sense, it, it happens to all of our lives on a, maybe a smaller level. Right. Like, you know, hey, you look at pornography, you know, when you don't want to. Yeah. And, you know, when you don't want to, but you buy into the temptation. Right. You know, there's something that gives you, you know, um, you know, you no one has to have internet, by the way. Yeah. Um, you don't have to have internet in your home. Right. Um, no one's forcing your hand. Yeah. You know, but we have internet in our home and we justify it through different ways. Oh, I need to do school. I need to do work and da, 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 da. And well, you know, no one's forcing you then to click that other thing. Right. You know, but the temptation's so great, you yeah. know, and it, with, 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 uh, you know, when you have more, yeah. then more things become available in, in some circle, in some ways, for sure. And that's an argument that uh, Jonathan Edwards, really mm-hmm. famous dude back in the day, he wrote, uh, right before he died, he wrote like this essay on true virtue versus common virtue. Mm-hmm. And what his contention in that essay is, is that without Christ, we can't move towards true virtue. And the way he defined true virtue is doing the right thing simply because it's the right thing. Mm. And he defined common virtue as doing the right thing to avoid particular consequences. So in other words, what his point is, is that as long as you put human beings in a situation where there's severe consequences for bad behavior, they'll act correctly. But if you put them in a situation where they have zero accountability and zero consequences, you'll see their true colors come out. Yeah, shame is a great incentive. Right. <laughs> if you can shame people enough, they won't do it. Right, they won't do it. But it's yeah. not a good thing. Like he, <laughs> and he points out, he's like, they're doing right <laughs> things, but it's not for right motives. That's right. And so like a good example is if you look at any time in human history where anarchy happens, like natural disasters. Like if you ever study natural disasters, when like hurricanes hit, when even last year, a lot of us don't have to think too far back, the riots that happened just last year and how people started looting and breaking things and uh, destroying public property. And these are not like we, we like to demonize these people and be like, oh man, like these crazy people out there, those are your neighbors. You know, <laughs> these are these are people that you probably see, you know, you work with. There was over, I think they said over 22 million rioters out this year alone uh, doing stuff like that. So that that's a big chunk of the population. You know, you can't write that off as just a bunch of crazies out there. Mm-hmm. These are normal people, but they're normal people put in a situation where they know they can get away with it. And when you can get away with something, you do horrible things. Or even you saw it when the earthquake happened uh, and you see people in this anarchy state and you see some people acting very nobly, but you also see the darker side of people come out when they know that we can get away with it. Yeah. Well, we have so much to talk about with this. And like I said, it's not so much talking about Ravi, um, but it's just talking about what we talk about in in running light. Right. You know, and and talking about the Bible and how, 
you know, uh, we can um, work through these bigger kind of ideas mm -hmm. that I think um, now they're on the forefront. And again, this is our, 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 our we're in our ballpark. Right. You know, this is what we talk about all the time. And so I'm looking forward to kind of doing a part two and a part three to this and kind of just, uh, you know, getting it all out. So anyway, thanks a lot for checking us out today. Um, you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.